All right. So here we go. Today is the week four of um, stopping self-sabotage and kind of a wrap up, um, which is uh, kind of started talking about it last week about shame and guilt. And I've really been thinking a lot about this one because I think it's true, which is what happened when words are not enough, right? When words are not enough. Uh, nervous system shame. Um, so again, you know, um, uh, my contact info, I always put this up because I think I'm putting this one up on uh, YouTube for people to watch. <clears throat> you know, you can follow me at Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. So feel free to follow me. And one of my favorite sayings, the only easy day was yesterday. All right. So what happens when words fail, right? Because we talk about shame and guilt and all these wonderful NLP techniques. We did a few about removing uh, shame and guilt. And when you get a block, right? We get blocks and that may be why we can't break through or you get little breakthroughs, right? But I, I so what happens, I, I call it when words fail. What if you have an experience that impacts you that happens before you had words to describe it? Right? When you were a little kid, you don't have words to describe it. Right? So you, words don't work. Right? And even trauma as an adult, you know, if you've ever talked to victims of violent crime, you know, natural disasters, combat, it's, it's not unusual to hear them say, there are no words to describe what I went through. Right? I mean, that's what we talk about. It's like there's no words for it because words... What really happened when it's going on, when you're a little kid, you don't have the words. When you're in trauma as an adult, the part of your brain that's processing language is pretty much shut down because you're in survival mode, right? That part shuts down. So there's a disconnect. So now you try to put words to it and the labels don't fit. The labels just don't fit. And so then others will use words, usually our own words as coaches, therapists, whatever we are, but they may not match the experience really because the experience is beyond words, but the person will agree because they have no words for it, right? Or someone will tell, oh, this is what you felt when you were a little kid. Oh, really? Maybe, maybe not, da, 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 da. We don't know, right? Because really when you have an experience beyond words, it's an impression, it's a feeling, you know? It's, it's, a, it's even beyond the, like what we would really call an emotion. Yes, you know, it's an impression, it's a feeling. And I, I think, I hallucinate, and there's some thought about it, that it becomes encoded in the nervous system. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's encoded in, in the nervous system. It's not just thoughts, right? And when that happens, uh, it'll become a block to whatever it is you're working on as a protection, as that whatever that trigger is. So if you have a, a something you've been working on and it'll, let's say financial success and some there, there's a, there's a feeling in there deeply about money um, or the success, that, it, that, that impression, that feeling will become a blo block to it as a protective mechanism. It's just trying to keep you safe. It doesn't want you to go through that trauma again, right? 
And again, this trigger can happen years later or decades later. You know, it can be running all the time, or maybe it's like kind of went in the background, but now an experience comes up and a trigger, and then it'll start the cycle again. You know, uh, not a lot of people always think about like post. This is basically post-traumatic stress, and we'll talk about combat vets and. The, uh, you know, like the 4th of July, they freak out. The rest of the year, they're fine you know, here in America. Why do they freak out? Well, there's fireworks going off everywhere, right? Uh, and if they were in like, and it seems to be pretty common, like Vietnam or in the desert, well, it's hot outside and now there's fireworks going on. So you've got two, two triggers kind of firing things off, right? Um, you know, a woman goes through being attacked or raped or assaulted and and most of the time they're, they're fine, they're functional. And then something with the trigger sets off, being in a, alone in a room with an, uh, a stranger, a strange man, right? And they'll start getting that and so they'll block themselves. So there's, uh, it's just, yeah, this could be what's going on under the surface on why we experience self-sabotage. And then a lot of us will, they'll try things like affirmations, right, affirmations. Um, and our dear friend, Tony Robbins, I do like when he makes fun of them, uh, you know, because he goes, you can walk around all day. I love his one analogy, walk around all day going, there's no weeds in my garden. There's no weeds in my garden. My, my garden's all flowers. There's no weeds in my garden. But you don't do anything to culture your garden and you walk out and there's weeds, right? Um, I actually think if an affirmation or statement that you're saying to try to override it goes against those feelings, it actually hardens it. You know, to me, it's like lifting weights. You're, you're building resistance. You know, how do you build weight muscles? You lift weights, you, you got to build a resistance. And so if you're trying to do affirmations or, or things that, uh, that don't really do it, you harden, right? And then a lot of us, because this is the current world we live in, it's always been this way, we'll use soft, fluffy, politically correct affirmations. You know, I'm a being of light and peace and I attract prosperity, right? Sounds nice, but eh, it has no emotional charge, right? But you're, the feelings that are blocking it has a strong emotional charge, right? You know, you're saying something like, I attract prosperity and fame. And you, somewhere you got a thing that get, got encoded when you were a little kid that, we don't stand out. You don't bring attention to this family. And that's a highly charged emotion. So your affirmation keeps bouncing against it and actually makes it harder. It's a stronger muscle, right? So what we need to do is to find something that really has an emotional charge. You know, what has an emotional charge for you if you're trying to accomplish any kind of goal, right? And again, this is about self-sabotage, not just growth in general, but whatever it happens to be, you need to find something that, and we, I call it meta yes, right? Um, I think Tony Robbins calls them um, um, incantations, right? But I'm, I'm gonna, I describe it a little different. Uh, I like it as a meta yes. So you think of a goal you're working on. So if you have a sabotage, since this is self-sabotage, so you think of a, a goal you're working on, right? And what words would describe, here's the trick, 
What words would describe who you need to be to achieve that goal? Who do you need to be to achieve that goal, right? So if you're gonna make a statement, it's like, it's not just an affirmation, it's like I am, and then it has to be, who do I have to be to achieve that goal, right? And for this to work, you have to have the courage to drop all the politically correct crap, right? You gotta, you gotta go for what really works and the words that light up your nervous system. And the way you do it is you think of your goal and then what words light up when you think of that goal, you know? And those are your words that you have to, you have to use, right? So you begin to make a statement, right? That would be the kind of person you need to be to get that goal. And if you have a block, Usually what happens the first time you say that, that, or the first few times you say whatever this statement is, you'll feel resistance. That's where somebody wants to be, they're building their business and they came up with the one and um, I said, what's the statement? You know, he goes, well, you know, usually I say, just don't think about it. What rolls off the top of your head? And they came up with, this is an actual one. I'm a relentless motivated business person who will stop at nothing to get my goals. And he said that, and he goes, oh, that's kind of like, you know, he, there was some resistance to it, right? And one of his, you know, a couple of people he were modeling in his mind were like, uh, he picked, he's in the computer kind of business, um, was um, Steve Jobs, you know, and Bill Gates. And I said, would you think Bill, Bill Gates was a ruthless, motivated business person who will stop at nothing to achieve his goal. And he goes, well, I go, come on, don't drop the bullshit now that he's this big guy giving away all this money. When he was, I could tell you, because I was involved in a computer company my last career before I got into this in the mid eighties, he would destroy your computer company if it was any threat to Microsoft. He was ruthless, relentless, you don't become what they are by playing nice with everyone, right? And so he got some pushback from it, you know? I said, well, you could, you could change it and come up with a very nice fluffy statement. You'll still be stuck five years from now, you know? Or we got to work through, this lets you know this is lighting something up inside you. You know, maybe he was raised back Maybe this person was raised to be nice, to don't, you know, don't push too hard. What, I forget what all it was, right? Um, and I think his actual words was, I'm a relentless, ruthless, motivated business person. will stop at nothing to get my goals. Right? So um, it's kind of interesting. Work, this one's common. I worked with someone and she was stuck with weight loss. And so I said, well, just roll one off the top of your head. You know, what kind of, you know, what do you want to be? What's this goal? If you really got it, what would be? She will, she said, I would be a thin, healthy, sexy woman that radiates confidence and power as I deserve it. Men want me and women are jealous of me. And she said that she goes, ooh, it makes her feel like, I go, what? And she goes, you know, polite women don't think that way. Right? And I go, well, then you could be a polite fat lady. I don't care at this point in my life. You know, it's like you're paying me to help you change. I think this one might work, right? 
And I said, just underneath it, if you got to be this thin, healthy, sexy woman, would it change who you are? And she goes, not really, you know, I mean, you know, she was in a long-term relationship. I go, suddenly, if you got thin and sexy, would you cheat on your husband? She goes, no. I go, well, then you don't have to worry about it. You know? So it's like they came up with these statements. So what statement could you use, right, that would do it? And again, you should feel some, there's some pushback. And that's in your gut. That lets you know something's going on, right? And so here's what you do. That's going to be the meta yes. We'll come back to this, right? So it's kind of fun. So it gets to an emotion. So if you say this statement, whatever it is, maybe underneath it, an emotion will start to bubble up. That's the only word I can, I can think of. You know, It might be, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy of that. I don't deserve it. Uh, people, you know, I'm stupid. I'm, I, I'm a failure. I can't trust people, whatever it is, right? Something will bubble up. So get to some kind of motion underneath it. That that, that that statement brings up. So you say the statement when you come up with yours and, you, and it's gotta be, and you say it emotionally, it'll bring up something and that's the block, you know? And so it begins to happen. So whatever it is, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable is a big one, right? Um, I, you know, I don't wanna be too clingy. Whatever it is, something will bubble up, right? So now you got what you need to work on, right? And so you have to come up kind of with a meta no statement, right? So when you find that emotional block, whatever it is, it's pretty easy to find an early memory of having that feel, feeling. You know, you're a teacher telling you, you know, what do you think you're smart? Don't be stupid, you're stupid. You know, I mean, teachers are human, you know, you know. Um, I remember working with someone, boy, this one cuts close to home for me, right? And they wanted to play baseball and trade out for Little League. And the coach, you know, when they're picking the teams, he couldn't quite make it. And he, little kid, innocent, you know, little boy, hey, want to be an athlete? Walks up to the coach, wanted to be on the team with his friends. Coach looked at him and goes, you're just not good enough. And then just walked away. Well, you know, we could judge that coach I don't know what that coach is going through at the moment. He picked his team. He's moving on, right? So he told this little kid who starts crying, oh, you know, kids in a highly charged emotional state, right? You, you could say a hypnotic state, you know, he just did his best, you know? And, and the person I worked with that said that, the coach yelling, you're just not good enough. And the little kid cried back, but I did the best I could. Well, the best you could go, do is just not good enough. Now, if that becomes a deep underlying driver, do you think that's going to screw that guy up later in life? Right? Right? And so what you do is you create what we call meta-no statement. So whatever that thing is, like that coach yelling, I'm not good enough, you know, your best isn't good enough. You, you teach that little person to yell no after they kind of hear that statement or feel it. No! You know, I'm unlovable. No! Right? And it's important when you do these to yell or scream like your life depends on it. You make it charge, you know, and you could, you know, I do, if I was doing it with someone, I'd have them sit there and imagine the little you and they bring up that memory and they do it together. They hear that, I'm not good enough. No, it's gotta be, my wife hates this. She'll start jumping in the other room sometimes because 
suddenly out of this quiet office come, yes, no, you know, things like that, you know. So, and it's to start to get it into the nervous system. And again, to use my sports analogy for that little kid on the baseball team, um, he was at that moment beyond words. And plus he's a little kid, he didn't have all the words, all right? And the coach was an authority figure because we're taught, especially this goes back, they were about, they were my, they're actually older than me, this goes back a while. You know, they're taught to respect authority figures, right? And so he got into this cycle. If he really wanted something, he wouldn't try. All right? Because he's not good enough. You know, and then he wouldn't even try his best. Because if underneath it, if I try my best, what happens if it's not good enough? You know? And, and so it so we started doing this exercise. I'm not good enough. No, I'm not good enough. No, I'm on, you know, I've dealt with I'm unlovable. You know, um, especially if it's a child of a narcissist you know narcissistic man or a nurse you know we always hear that but everybody forgets there's a lot of damn narcissistic women right and they'll you know do things right um and 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 it doesn't it, and what happens sometimes too is an adult will judge whatever that little memory or that feeling is as being silly you know, because, well, you know, just because your mom yelled at you in a, in a big store when you were crying that you wanted something and they were yelling, you don't deserve it. Why should I buy you this? You know, we, as an adult, we could understand maybe the mom didn't want to be embarrassed, maybe whatever it was, who knows, right? But now it becomes a true strong memory, right? And so again, and sometimes triggers in general will start the process, you know? That, uh, that will bring up all these negative blocks, right? And again, they could be like words, but what if it's a feeling like the, the, the combat vet that, I remember this goes back to the early 80s. There was a whole rash of guys from Vietnam having post-traumatic stress in where I, this was in the Chicagoland area. Well, that summer was unseasonably hot in the Chicagoland area. I mean, like high 90s all the time, super high humidity, right? And then when the 4th of July came up, so you got a lot of guys that went off to combat, you know, at 18 to 20, and there's words you can't describe, you know, combat's undescribable. And so they lived through it. Now it's like 10, 15 years later. They haven't been in a, a, a situation where it's 95 degrees, super humid, and loud explosions going on all, all the time, right? They, they, they haven't gone through that since they were in country, right? And so they get that vague, like, I, you know, they're, they're, that hyper, hyper vigilance starts kicking in. They're not letting yourself sleep, you know, jumping up in the middle of the night, things like that, you know? And it was the, uh, uh, the trigger was actually the, the world, right? The what's going on in the world, right? Because I know even when that happened, they noticed like combat vets down in, down here in Florida and the Southeast weren't freaking out, right, as much. Why? Well, you're from Southeast, you're from Alabama, Mississippi, or, or down here in Florida, and you go to combat. Well, guess what? It's always 95 degrees with high humidity, right? So the, the temperature and the humidity is not going to affect you, 
So, so once it starts, if you get a trigger, it'll start the process and other negative blocks may arise. So what generally happens, you'll start working on this with I'm not lovable, I'm not good enough. And then the other, blo you'll, other blocks will start popping up. That makes sense. You know, it's not a, just a, uh, one of my pet peeves or hypnotist and NLP is act like everything's a one fixed deal, a one fixed deal, right? And it may fix that one little thing, but then there may be other things that'll pop up, you know? It's kind of like the onion process. And then, so after you do the meta no, so you work on this with the, with the little person within you, I'm not good enough, I'm unlovable, I'm not smart enough, I don't deserve it. And if, you, if they can't think of one offhand, you can help or yourself, you could just pick the big ones. I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, I don't deserve it, you know, things like that, you know, and scream no. And then you do your, your meta yes statement, okay? And again, you do it like your life depends on it. You know, I'm a ruthless competitive businessman, that, if that's what it was, and you're doing this, right? You, that gets it into your nervous system. That's when you can't do the oh and do all like nice and pretty. It sounds good, but it doesn't charge your, your nervous system, right? Because you want to like drive, you can imagine driving it into your gut. So move, breathe deep, focus on it. And you can even teach the younger you that kind of statement. Whatever the statement that you're working on. And here's a trick, right? If you stay, if you say your statement when you're first arising in the morning, that's a magic time. Because when you're first waking up, your brain is going through some changes. It's rebooting. Every morning it goes through this. You know, the Bible, they talk about being born again every day, all this other stuff. It's true. When you're sleeping, your brain is, a, hopefully, it's got melatonin flowing through it, right? Well, when you start waking up, when the light hits your eyes, even through your eyelids, it, it turns the melatonin into serotonin and you start waking up. And when you first wake up, many people are groggy. It, it's in that grogginess that your brain is rebooting. Who am I? Where am I? Right? You ever waken from a deep sleep, you're groggy and you have to think, even though you're home, right? Like it takes you a moment to get your bearings, right? And so what people generally do is start thinking about who they are and what do I got to do today? Anymore, we'll grab this thing, right? Your cell phone and start looking at it or things like that. So you're reaffirming who you are. But the negative in that is you're reaffirming, you're reaffirming all those blocks. So if in that magic time, when you first wake up, I teach people, you know, ask yourself questions and this. But if you really want some magic, when you first wake up, you have your meta statement, right? When you first wake up, you look at it, you read it. You know, if you can get the energy up, you do it. Like, you know, um, you know, and you just read it and you say it with power, you know, and first thing in the morning. I'm a relentless, focused, I'm a relentless, focused, professional uh, actor, whatever it is. I'm trying to think of what my, what mine is, right? And you can do several of them, but you could pick a big one right? And you could focus on it and you do it first thing in the morning. That's that magic time. Your brain's resetting. Why don't you update it? Like you have to update your damn phone. My, my iPhone just updated. It's driving me nuts, 
right? Everything looks different, right? It's a different, it has a different operating system. So why don't you give yourself a slightly different operating system, right? If you do that first thing in the morning, you can get in your guts. Then you can go ahead and ask yourself some, some of the questions. How can I enjoy today? How can I be of service? How can I do this, right? And as you're saying it, you imagine going into your guts. If you want, you could say it right before you go to sleep at night, right? Whatever your power statement is, right? Um, right? And, and this starts to reset your inner clock, if you will, right? Because these beliefs or these emotions, these things, uh, um, these negative things, the words beyond, the, the experiences beyond words are out of time. And I like to use the analogy, these experiences hide in your system like a virus, waiting to get active. You know, in fact, your whole immune system sits there. If, if you don't get an exposure or anything, it's just running in the background. It's what you want it to do. And then it gets a net, you know, something comes in, your immune system, you know, guess what? You don't always have to have a damn vaccine. Your immune system may work. It could kick up and it can, it can help, right? Right? We're giving ourselves a vaccine for this, right? And, and it could be anything. I mean, it's kind of like if, if, you, if anyone here has cold sores, right? If you ever have cold sores, anybody got cold sores? If you have cold sores, right? Actually, that's herpes simplex two, right? One of the most common things. It can sit dormant for years. And then maybe there's a stressor. Maybe you're not getting enough sleep. Maybe you take in uh, too much, I forget which amino acid will set it off. And then your body will give a cold sore, right? And it'll run its cycle and go out. So that's kind of, this is always running in the background, right? You always have certain viruses in your system. They, they're just there, you know, there's the, the, the flu, the cold virus. Um, it's there, right? So this helps us reset those things to make it more, more powerful. So that is our, my event on um, resetting some of these things. Again, if you do them first thing in the morning, that's that magic time. Your brain is resetting as the neurochemicals start kicking in. And it doesn't take much because you're more susceptible to everything at that moment, right? Susceptible, suggestible, whatever term you want, right? And why not, as your, as your brain is searching for who you are, why not update the program? You know, go to whatever my iOS system is now, right? You know, it is operating fast again. That, that's a good thing, that's all, right? I'll get used to it, so. Let me stop the recording.